Hey, it's Rebecca, and I just got off of a call with Reagan Fulton. Reagan is a delightful human, and I just want to go hang out with her in person. She is all about outdoor play, nature-based education, outdoor education, and just like embracing your inner child to just go outside and have tons of fun. And Reagan is going to be presenting at our Hike Like a Woman Summit in May. This is going to be a virtual conference, so you can join anywhere in the world. And right now what I'm doing is just introducing all the speakers to you here on our YouTube channel and on our podcast. So I'm excited to introduce Reagan to you today. And if you want to learn more about our summit and more about our speakers and more about the presentations, uh, head on over to our website, hikelikeawoman.com, and you can check that out. But for now, please enjoy my conversation with Reagan. Reagan, you're really focused on outdoor play. And talk to me about why you think everybody needs outdoor play in their lives. Absolutely. So one, I actually grew up homeschooled. um, And so that is a big basis of where my love for play and my kind of inspiration for what I do comes from. You know, my most cherished childhood memories are climbing a tree with my mom sitting at the bottom of the tree, reading us a book aloud. Um, or, you know, doing mud pies or making our own pigments out of the flowers in our backyard and things like that that we did um, that, you know, was just normal growing up to me that now I realize is, you know, I cherish and, you know, those memories and those foundational um, skills of learning how to learn and loving to learn really came from that experience in my own life. Um, And then during COVID, really, as I was nannying, I really saw you know, a a resurgence and remembering all of that when I had my nanny kids, I was a full-time nanny at the time. um, And I had my nanny kids home and, you know, we did their 30 minutes of virtual school that was sent home, um, you know, by their school. And then it was like, what next? Um, And so we did started doing a lot of outdoor, um, you know, one, just playing and getting out there and exploring their backyard, my backyard, my nanny family was great and allowed me to bring them to my house, um, which let me see the potential for my property, which we have, you know, eventually turned into the nature school. Um, but really that time really just made me remember how powerful just playing and outdoor education is. And then I just started diving more into the you know, the science behind it and kind of the more like, how do I back this up for other people to, you know, also believe me. Um, and that's just kind of how it's evolved from there. You gave me the most beautiful image of your mom reading a book as she climbed a tree. My favorite memory. And thankfully, my grandparents actually, my grandma lives across the street from the house that we lived in. So like, right. I still get to drive by that house and like, I'll see that, like the tree that we used to sit in. And it's just like, it's the best memory. And then now with my own son, we don't really have very many great climbing trees in our yard, but we now have this um, Chilbo Schwagens. I don't know if you ever the, the like, they're like this sack seat. It's like a, it's designed as a beach seat, but you like run with it and open it. Anyway, it's a comfy, oh, yeah, like yeah. cute yeah, camping yeah. seat that uh-huh. we use. And that's now our, um, our way of kind of making that tradition our own is as we go out in the afternoons and we'll blow up the chilbo and that's where we go and we go snuggle on that and we read our book and do our read aloud there so it's a lot of fun such a precious memory when my kids were little i used to we used to go on story time hikes and i would take a a, just fill a couple books in my backpack and we would just hike out to a stream or a cool rock or something and read stories Mm -hmm. Um, And we would incorporate that into our hike. And I found that my kids really enjoyed those activities. And 
And it and it's not like, oh, look at me, I'm an amazing parent because I'm certainly a very average parent, but those were very special memories for me and for my kids. And so I love I love that image. I, I think that's aspirational for every mom out there, right? To be the the every parent out there to be the parent that reads to your reads to your child as they're climbing a tree. That's so beautiful. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so beautiful. Um, you talked about a nature school. You have a nature school in your yard. I do. So after COVID, like I said, I was a full-time nanny and um, my full-time family, um, they ended up actually moving overseas to China with their um, company. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that, that was going to be a very long-term, you know, nanny, nanny family relationship. And so I did, I did kind of look for another family. I did a little bit of part-time work um, with different families, but then ultimately decided that, you know, I have this great property here. I have the skills, I have the passion. And I also wanted to be able to fill a niche within my community. As I was looking kind of for other nanny families, I found a lot of families that wanted what I could offer because I did market myself as a nanny, you know, the same kind of, you know, nature. I love to get out to explore, to, you know, be hands-on learning, learning through play. Mm -hmm. And I found a lot of families that wanted that, but really couldn't afford the nanny price. Um, because a nanny is a luxury, um, and it is, you know, nannies deserve a living wage, but I, you know, saw my, my, I had the opportunity to be able to kind of pivot what I was doing and offer that kind of small, intimate care, nature-based, but at a larger scale for more families. So now I can have up to six families at a time. Um, and I get a little more control over my schedule too, which is nice. You know, I went down in the fall to three days a week so I can have two days a week for things like this, where I get to kind of share my passions with um, others and I can share my passions with other people and do the more educational of, I've found that I love telling other educators and other parents and other um, caregivers about nature-based education, um, both for themselves and, or both for their kids and for themselves for like as an adult, um, which we'll get more into. Um, but you know, it's really just been a wonderful balance to be able to homeschool my son. My son just turned six. So we're doing kindergarten this year. Um, but then to be also be able to kind of share this, you know, opportunity and the freedom of that we can have on our property where I've got the space, I've got the, you know, knowledge and the love in my heart to be able to share with these kids. So um, it's been really great and a way for also to, you know, get my, my only child, some buddies, cause he's not getting any siblings. So <laughs> one and done baby. One yeah, and done. Absolutely. <laughs> so when you talk about nature-based education, one thing that I struggle with, and maybe you can, maybe this can turn into a personal coaching session is like my kids go to public school from eight to three every day. And Mm -hmm. I really miss those preschool years when it, when I was home with my kids working from home and I could get them outside and we did take preschool outside onto the mountain. Um, How can I make sure that my kids don't miss out on some of that outdoor education, nature-based education type, type stuff? Yeah. So a couple different things that I would suggest. One, create a routine within your family or traditions that just um, like on the weekends or evenings, I know, especially as we get into winter, evenings are hard after school, especially if you've got extracurriculars, you know, say Saturday mornings or Sunday mornings are our family hike day or our outdoor weather, you know, 
Mm-hmm. You can get a jar and put a bunch of ideas of, you know, hikes, different locations you can go, different activities, canoeing, uh-huh. you know, different things you could do. Um, yeah, I love but that. But just make it a, a non-negotiable that this is just part of our routine. That's, you know, Sunday mornings are our outside family time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's um, something. And she has way more tips in this book, The um, Open Air Life by Linda McGurk. I don't know if yeah, you ever read that. She's great. Yes. She's so good. Linda is so wonderful. I, I adore Linda. Yeah. Um, but but that's something that I love. She talks a lot about kind of just incorporating the outdoor into your everyday. Um, mm-hmm. And then she also shares a lot on her social media about kind of how her family does it. Because mm-hmm. she does have um, teenagers now. So yeah, I've, yeah. I've really been interested lately in kind of watching her, you know, journey of how she continues to incorporate play and um, outdoor, you know, just these everyday moments that it's not just these big moments, but it's also just the small everyday moments of just getting outside, you know, and having a campfire for dinner mm-hmm. um, and cooking, cooking over the campfire, things like that, that you can do in the evenings, even in winter. Um, are things that you can kind of incorporate into everyday life. Um, and then the other the other flip side to that coin is I would say advocate in your public schools for outdoor education because thankfully the science is there now. Like it's backed up that this is what our kids need. And I know at least in my local area, even the public schools have been installing outdoor classrooms um, and, you know, trying to work towards incorporating some more outdoor time. And that's mm-hmm. something that I love. I would love to do more um, advocacy for and, you know, making sure that teachers and, you know, especially administrators and the people making curriculum decisions know how important it is for our kids to get outside. So that way all kids have the opportunity. So, you know, if you're on the PTO or whatever, you know, yes. organization that can kind of push your public schools in the direction of, hey, maybe we could, you know, fund an outdoor classroom for our next class project or whatever, um, I know one of our local schools, that was the PTA, you know, thing that they did for one year recently was is they donate an outdoor classroom. Things like that are another way that you can really help, um, you know, bring it not just to your kids, but also to, you know, all the kids in your community as well. Don't you love that it's normal now? I feel, yes. like, I feel like outdoor education is normal. My kids' school, they go to a, a charter school that does have a really robust outdoor ed program, but they yeah. were going to cut some of their, like they go to Yellowstone for a week every fall the middle schoolers do and they were going to cut some of the outdoor education programming and the parents just like every everyone threw a fit and because that's why this is not the time that this is not the thing to cut and not the time like our kids need this now more than ever yeah don't you cut recess don't you cut music Uh don't you cut don't you cut pe like those are as a parent that's that to me, those are just important as knowing, making sure my kid knows algebra. Mm-hmm. And uh, your yeah. kid can learn algebra by playing outside. Like that's <laughs> my big thing too, is, is you know, yeah. give yeah. them the tools to play outside and you can teach them the same things that you teach in your classroom. And, you know, a lot of these behavioral problems, I feel like, especially, you know, yeah. that a lot of teachers I know are talking about, you know, get kids out of these stuffy classrooms with the bright lights and overwhelming sensory experiences. And I feel like we could solve a lot of these, you know, not solve, but help a lot of these issues um, that oh, yeah. I know are, you know, hard for teachers to deal with. So, yeah. And teachers in urban inner city environments, like that's a whole different, that's yes. a whole different ballgame. 
You have a quote on your website and I love it. It's from Antoine de Saint Expiry. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't try to say it out loud either. <laughs> yeah. But the quote is, if you want to build a ship, don't drum up people to collect wood and don't assign them tasks and work, but rather teach them to long for the endless immensity of the sea. Tell me why this quote was so powerful that you wanted the whole Googleverse, as I hit my lamp over there, the whole Googleverse to know why that quote is significant. It's so powerful. But yeah. I want to when you sent me these questions, I actually was like, you know what? I need to do a post about that quote again, because that quote has actually been on my website um, since it was um, Reagan Fulton, nanny looking for a family um, four or five years ago, um, before mm -hmm. Playful Acre was even a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, that quote was the first quote on my website always. Yeah. Um, because that quote really just encapsulates what I believe about education and, um, really child-led education, um, and also conservation and outdoor, you know, why outdoor education is so important in my book, not only for our kids and their development, but for the world and for like our planet's health. Um, because yes. I think that's also really important because, mm -hmm. you know, we can teach kids that global warming is, exists. We can teach kids to recycle and reuse. And we can teach kids what parts of an animal there are. We can teach them all these things. We can mm -hmm. tell them what to do. Yeah. But are they really going to want to do that and have the desire unless they love what it is? Unless yeah. they love nature and really um, have that connection themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, and that also applies to learning, um, whether it's, you know, like you said, algebra. Um, you know, we, I believe that, you know, to get kids to learn and anybody to learn, they need to have what's called intrinsic motivation. They got to want to do it. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, you got to get that that motivation. And so I believe in finding ways to teach concepts that actually make the kid want to learn. So, you know, teaching algebra or teaching geometry through doing a project where they have to measure angles and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Project-based learning and really following their interests is something mm -hmm. that I think is so important um, and really creates thinkers and learners instead of just students. Um, because I do think that a lot of, um, you know, our modern education system is set up to get kids through school and to, you know, there's, there's a pipeline there. And, um, I really believe that if we can teach kids to learn and why learning is important because they can find yeah. out new things because they can follow their interests. And, you know, my son right now is all into Bigfoot, oh, Bigfoot cool. is his big interest. So we're diving into it. You know, we are, you know, we, we watch Finding Bigfoot, we, but we can talk about um, scientific method mm -hmm. through Bigfoot exploration. We can talk about animal tracking and, you know, we can go out and, you know, do casting and that's yeah. art doing, taking castings. Um, you know, we can do, what else have we been reading? We read Bigfoot books and it makes him want to learn how to read because he's been a little bit behind on the wanting to read, but you know. Yeah. Knowing now that he can find that own information is, you know, in having books that he's like, I want to be able to read this book by myself makes him want to learn how to read. So he now is like, okay, we'll sit down and do our lessons and learn how to read. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, you know, giving him that motivation makes it 
him gives him ownership of it and is going to make it all more powerful. And quite frankly, he's learning very, very quickly. Um, but you know, that that quote just kind of encapsulates, you know, what I believe is we we have to teach them to love the earth and to love learning. Um, and I believe we do that through play and through um following their interests. So I love the conversation or I love what you said about um, the earth, right? And that connection mm-hmm. with the earth. And I believe we protect what we love. And yes. I'm sure you do too. And it's this whole difference between children who are raised playing outside versus children who are not raised playing outside. And the first time they go to the to the backcountry, they trash the place and they litter and they graffiti rocks mm-hmm. because they didn't grow up respecting and loving and wanting to protect those beautiful spaces. So I think it's our, it's not just our, it's not just something we should do, but I feel like as a parent, we have an obligation to our children and to our planet by teaching our children to love and respect those, those wild spaces. I agree. There's something called the um, eco psychological self um, kind of a psychology concept that, Mm -hmm. you know, and is that, that, how do you relate to the earth? Do you believe yes. that you are just, you know, do you believe that you are separate from nature and aren't, don't affect it and it doesn't affect you? Yeah. Um, or do you truly have that connection to where you understand that all of my actions do affect the world around me? And then those, those effects come back and affect me in the future as well. Um, and, you, you know, like you said, you can only learn that by having that connection. So, so important. You gotta get outside. You gotta get outside. So, Reagan, you're gonna be presenting at our upcoming Hike Like Women Summit. And I'm so excited about this. So, in 60 seconds or less, I just want you to give me like, here's what my talk is about. Here's why this is important to me. Don't give away too much because we want people to buy tickets and come to the conference. But just give us a little taste of what you're gonna be presenting. Yes. So um, the title of the workshop is Nature's Playground, Harnessing Innovation, Creativity, and Wellness Through Play. So that's like a lot within there. But basically, Mm -hmm. we're going to learn how to play again. Um, And I love that you pulled out that quote from my website because um, so much of it is we're going to focus on that, you know, that intrinsic motivation. We're going to talk about why it's important to play why do we forget how to play as adults? Um, you know, what, what is the breakdown here from, you know, that childhood love and curiosity and why is it so important to get back to it? Um, and then, you know, some fun ways and especially, of course, ways we can get outside and reconnect with that childhood wonder um, and really, you know, spark innovation and creativity and um, really healing to um, within ourselves. So. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait for it. I'm super excited for this workshop because it's one I've been waiting for the right platform. Yeah. You know, I've, I've had this, I've kind of been working on, you know, this, had it in my head and I haven't had the right platform. And when I found this summit, I was so excited because, you know, I was like, this is the perfect audience. So I cannot wait. I'm so excited. I got to know, you talk a lot about nature play and getting outside. If you were in the middle of nowhere and you were building a fort to play in, who oh. would you want to build a fort with? And who oh, would you this, this question when I read it first almost sent me into an extra, like an existential crisis. Oh no, um, no, I just, you know, there's so many. Um, yeah. So I'm going to give you two. Okay. Um, 
One we already talked about is Linda McGurk. I would one hundred percent like die yeah. to. I, I we've talked about it. We're I'm camp. That's on my bucket list is camping with her. So so she's number one. Um, number Wait. two would be Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, I don't know this. Um, but he he's a cosmo- cosmologist. I think is his number one. Um, you would you would know you would know his voice. I think. Um, yeah. But he's a scientist and he just knows everything. Um, that or my, my last one would be um, Hank and John Green. So I love them. So they know all the random nerdy facts too, and like we'd survive and also have a good time. Like that's my, that's what I was like, I was like, I got, we gotta, I gotta figure out who would I survive with, but also have a good conversation with, you know, <laughs> <laughs> who do so. I want to spend the day with? There's a lot of people yeah. on the list sometimes, exactly. so. but also will not make me die in the wilderness, but you know, <laughs> so I, I feel like all those people could, you know, both pull their weight and uh, be a great conversationalist and uh, you know, be a good good day in the woods so <laughs> it'd be a fun day we have so our hike like women community is women mostly in their mid-30s up until retirement so we really oh raise this span this wide age range and I feel like sometimes as a woman who's in her early 40s I kind of feel a little silly when I'm getting down and dirty and playing outside with my kids. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give to someone in our community who might be like, oh, I'd really think it would be fun to jump in that mud puddle, but everybody's watching me. What do you, what do you say to that woman? How do you encourage her to just connect with their inner child and just jump in the damn mud puddle? One, exactly what you just said, <laughs> you know, just do it. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. one, um, if I'm with you on that hike, I'm going to be the first one to say, let's go and do it with you. Um, that's for sure. If you do have that boldness, um, you know, remember that people are watching and are going to join you, you know, and be an example. Um, but also just remember that, you know, we all have that need for fun. And oftentimes if somebody is judging you, which most likely they're jealous, like, Think about what you think of when you see that, you know, that grown up who's just, let's go and has fun. And you're like, wow, Uh that's beautiful. That's amazing. You know, no one's judging you in a negative way. Number two, if they are, it probably comes from a place of they need to do it too. You know, they've got some inner, you know, there is nothing that, there is nothing that negative that can come from play in my opinion i mean mm-hmm. obviously there's you're gonna you ne- neglect you know if you're neglecting you know all of your responsibilities all of it, but in terms of the psychological benefits of play you know if you are somebody who is a analytical thinker and is like oh people are watching blah, 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 i want you to just think about it will benefit you in the long run just to jump in the pile because you will be making you know positive neural connections in your brain by jumping in that puddle. So if that's mm-hmm. what you need to know, do it. Um, the other thing um, I always suggest is start small. If you really are like someone who, you know, has a lot of trouble letting go of inhibition and mm-hmm. having that fun, you know, start one by, you know, jump in a puddle in your backyard first, you know, start by mm-hmm. that next rainy day. If, if you're like, you want to be that person who, when you see a puddle at the park, 
and people are around to jump in it, yeah. first go jump in the puddle in your backyard, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. before you go jump in that puddle at the park, because then you'll, you know, you have that experience, you have the muscle memory and you have that, you know, positive reinforcement in your brain saying, this is fun. And, you know, this, this is, is good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, so start small and build up to those big, you know, moments of inhibition and letting go and um, you'll get there eventually, you know, but you got to start somewhere. So. Reagan, you're a delight. I just want to go, I, I just want to go um, outside and like climb a tree with you or scramble on some rocks or yeah, out staring at a bug. Like mm-hmm. I feel like we could have a lot of fun together. So we'll have to we play some pleasure in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Reagan, where can our uh, community go to learn more about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So um, I'm pretty active on social media. I like to share kind of a little bits of our day. So if you just want to catch up with me there um, and connect, it's playful.reagan is my social media handle on Instagram. Um, I'm on Facebook too, at Playful Acre and Reagan Fulton. Uh, But then you can also go to www.playfulacre.com and you can find everything I do on there. Um, You can find my blog, and you can also connect with me. And if you have any questions or, you know, just want to connect, see what I've got uh, going on, you can send me an email there. Especially if you're in Cincinnati. Yes, if you're in Cincinnati, for sure, because we will be, um, you know, planning a hiking event for sure. Isn't Reagan delightful? I just want to go splash in a mud puddle with her because she just is awesome. And if you are interested in hearing her full presentation, be sure to join us for our virtual summit in May. Tickets go on sale February 1st, and you're not going to want to miss this. This is the biggest and best event by and for outdoor women. So it's a virtual event. You can join us from anywhere in the world. Tickets go on sale February 1st, and you're going to want to be, you're going to want to buy your ticket early so you can save money. So uh, it's going to be 17 bucks for the conference. And that is a screaming deal. And if you want to learn more, head on over to our website, hikelikeawoman.com.